Hello and welcome to the Sci-Fi FX Podcast, episode number 136. Today we have a very special episode of Sci-Fi FX Podcast. We're here live at the uh, Galaxy Called Dallas comic book shop for the Halloween comic book day. And I have with me Troy and Big Dog, who haven't been on in quite a while. Welcome back, guys. Hey. Howdy. <laughs> we also have author Jay Wells with us as a special guest. Hi. And, you know, the James, the guy who owns the shops here, too, in the background. Hello! <laughs> He's in the cave. Yeah. We're, we're not going to let him out very much. <laughs> Please send beer! <laughs> We've got beef jerky. <laughs> so, um... Halloween comic book day, James. What's up with that? <laughs> See, I throw you on the spot. <laughs> what, what time you let me out of the cave? Um, Halloween Comic Fest is um, similar to Free Comic Book Day. Free Comic Book Day is something they do the first Saturday of every May, coincide with Jack Kirby's birthday roundabout. And they decided to do it a second time out of the year, best time around Halloween. And it's um, some people look at it from the capital's point of view that it's dispersed sales, which it is. It is, yeah. But if you look from the altruist point of view, it's to get comics into kids who normally mm-hmm. couldn't afford comic books. Uh, you know, you've got different price ranges. You've got different. Um, you've got comics for every age. You've got comics for the adults, and so it's a chance for people to get a hold of comic books that they probably wouldn't normally buy. But when you look at it, and you go, "Oh, it's free." You're more willing to take a, a shot at it. It's a good way for someone to try to get, or people that may have been into comics, get back into exactly. it by getting a sampler of a character exactly. they're interested in, or a character they're thinking about branching out into. Exactly. Thanks, guys. Um, and that's that's one of the reasons I have the section up front, which is nothing but dollar comics. Uh, Image and Dark, Dark Horse have gone out of their way over the last couple of months, and some of the other uh, titles, uh, publishers, going out of their way to print uh, first issue reprints and making them a dollar so that people might go and say, you know, I didn't really look at that close the first time, but now it's a dollar instead of three ninety nine or so. Mm-hmm. I'm more willing to take a chance on it. But with this happening at least twice a year, you've got a free shot at it. And plus, you know, they're doing some really cool reprints. You've got Secret Wars, uh, number one, they've reprinted. The very first issue of Marvel Comics, they reprinted with the Human Torch. Wow. Um, you've got uh, Afterlife with Archie, where Archie's a zombie. Reprinted that one. Yeah, I know. Kind of like, oh my goodness, what the heck were they thinking? But uh, and then you've got all the little bitty ones uh, for the kids. Uh, Itty bitty Hellboy, which is really cute. Uh, Wouldn't that be Heck Boy? <laughs> Actually, they got a point. H double hockey sticks boy. Yay! <laughs> but yeah, that's the big thing. It's it's just a chance to uh, get those comics out there uh, at and make it free so that kids come in. It's a chance for also, um, uh, granted, we're about six days before Halloween, but for kids to come in and kind of trick-or-treat at the comic book stores. I mean, mm. I couldn't think of a better place to do that. Hey, free candy, why not? Free yeah. candy, free <laughs> comics. <laughs> there you go. Dress and up as your favorite superhero. Plus, we got our superhero. gallery over here, as mm. long as we can keep the other kids away from it. <laughs> so we can keep them locked out. We'll break out all the, uh, the quad guns. <laughs> So we're shooting the Guardians of the Galaxy, are we? Well, they well they don't make uh, the cartoon books with the villains in it. The I had uh, coloring books, and the coloring books only had them. They didn't they didn't have Ronan or Thanos or any of those. Well, Couldn't get some Daleks or Cybermen or something to shoot at. I mean, well, it was we were pushing it as the Guardians of the Galaxy. So. Uh. <laughs> but we're you know it is nerfed, so it doesn't hurt the Guardians, and they don't shoot back. So it's a safe environment for everybody. Rocket would shoot back. Uh, yeah, the, 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 
I had to give him some Dramamine or something, <laughs> something to kind of tone take, him down a bit. Take the edge <laughs> off. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk to Miss Wells here. Yes. <laughs> let's do it. So, um, you're the author of Dirty Magic, Cursed, and the second in that series, Cursed Moon. Yes. That just came out recently, right? Uh, Cursed Moon came out in, um, <laughs> it came out this summer. Uh, I think it came out in July. Okay, so yeah, not, not too long ago months. then. Yeah. Okay. And, and then the third book is Deadly Spells, and that one will come out in February. Oh, so you're cranking right through. Oh, yeah. That's, Keep me busy. <laughs> That's um that's very impressive because <laughs> these aren't exactly tiny books. <laughs> no, they size. no, but they're fun to write. So I I enjoy working on them. What's so, your What's your writing process on these? Um, well, I I'd like to say that it's this really neat, dignified process, but it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's basically like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, deadline's coming. <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> I gotta write. I gotta write this thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally do. Um, and but you know, I. Now that I'm a few books into the series, they, you know, they certainly don't write themselves, but I know the characters really well. I know the world pretty well. So it's just, you know, what's going on? What case yeah. are they working on? Where would this logically go next? Who are the crazy yeah. villains? You know, what, what kind of crazy stuff can I throw in there this time? That's so. cool. So what, for our listeners that may not know, what is basically the, the premise of this world that you've written these three books in? Well, the, the short answer is that I pitched the series as The Wire with Wizards. Um, so it's basically a cop drama where um, the criminals that are that are being chased are um, wizards who sell illegal dirty magic potions on the street, much okay. as a drug dealer might. Mm -hmm. um, and so the main character, Kate Prospero, was a detective who gets assigned to a magic enforcement agency task force that's supposed to break up the covens of wizards who are selling the illegal potions. So um, okay. there's... The um, the magic system is based really heavily on alchemy, but it's a really like kind of bastardized, dirty version of alchemy that's like street level alchemy, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then there's also blood magic and sex magic covens and all sorts of interesting things happening. So it's a it's a real mixture of fantasy and crime fiction. Okay. Yeah. The it was referenced to me by by Les, one of the the other folks here in the shop. That if I like Dresden Files, this was a, a logical progression to follow mm -hmm. as far as reading on a book. But so I, I picked it up for my wife, and unfortunately, she hasn't gotten to it yet to tell me if I should do it. But. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you should read it and tell her whether she would like. Well, it. do you, do you have an audiobook version of it out there, oh, on yeah. like Audible? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll have to get that. I'm a very slow wish. reader, but I have a very long commute to work, oh, so yeah. I listen to a lot of audio I'm books. So if there's an audio book, yeah. I'll go pick yeah. up the audio book, and yeah, I won't they're wait all, for it. They're all on audio. <laughs> yeah. Well, my girlfriend actually echoed the sentiment. She was thinking about writing a book. We all do at some point. <laughs> sure. And she was wanting to do something with magic and drug use as a kind of a way in to access the innate abilities. And she read this, and she said, I'm stopping. There's no more of this. You've done it perfectly. There's no more reason to do this. And I, I'm very interested because this kind of, I'm a big Dresden fan. We all are. Mm -hmm. And this is a nice way to uh, go the other route with it. Mm -hmm. you know, instead of doing the detective as a police work situation, 
they more or less believe in this stuff now mm-hmm. versus Dresden who he has to keep <laughs> explaining it every book. And every time. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's it's interesting too because Kate actually grew up in, in a coven, so she grew up on the kind of dirty side of things um, and okay. left that life and became a cop. So it's a real conflict for her because she knows that world really well and she was really good at it. Um, but now she uses those same skills that made her a great criminal mm-hmm. to be a good cop. It's kind of um, like those so hackers kind of that become security experts for yeah, companies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, same idea. Is it a big spoiler to ask what pushed her to the other side? Uh, there was a death that kind of rocked her world, um, which is explored in the series. But it was scary enough to her that she was like, I can't do this anymore. So, Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Now I'll, def- I'll definitely go pick up the Audible book and, and listen yeah. to that. Cause, mm-hmm. I'm always looking for something to listen to in the in the, the car, and it definitely sounds interesting to awesome. me. Cool. Well, one of the things that also attracts here is that if you don't want to spend a lot of money on the first book, it's a special introductory price. It was ten bucks for the first book, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. that's a really good selling point because a lot of yeah. people don't want to spend a lot of money yeah. on on something they want to try out. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely giving it a try. We got the first book, <laughs> and the second one's not that much more expensive. So, mm-hmm. well, and the thing that I think some people don't realize is the re- is that um, these are like really nice trade paperback editions. Um, If you haven't seen it in person, it's like a really beautiful, like special cover and it's a nice paper and things like that, which is why it's a little more expensive. Um, but of course, if you read ebooks, it's cheaper. If you if you belong to Audible, you know, mm-hmm. and you have the membership, and it's just it's a it's a credit. It's a credit. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and of course, you know what? If you just want to try it, uh, the library is a great place to to get a book and try out a new series. Yeah. So, oh, my, they're a good sized book. Like, so they're the big paper trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. It's you know three hundred and seventy plus pages. And it's the bigger print, so if you have right. bad eyes like me, it's a little easier to read this than the little standard paperback right. size. Yeah, I've noticed in the past decade or so, the ones in, in this format tend to hold up a little better. Than yeah, the they, they, yeah, they put yeah. a little more into the manufacturing My first series, uh, the Sabina Kane series, came out, the first book came out, I think, in... Oh, Lord. It was a long time ago. Uh, 2009, 2008, and already... The copies that I keep at home, you know, for giveaways and stuff, mm-hmm. are already yellowing because they're just, you know, yeah, they're paperbacks. Cheap. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they they're cheap paperbacks. But these, yeah. these, they put a lot mm-hmm. more into. So it's them a higher being, quality paper. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, a middle ground between a hardback and a mm-hmm. paperback. So yeah. it's kind of nice. Oh well, yeah, because you move up to a hardback is like twenty five bucks. Oh, <laughs> more than that for some of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've seen them as much as yeah. thirty five. Mm-hmm. Well, and between that, it's also easy to carry one like this around versus a big hardback where mm-hmm. it's heavy. You mm-hmm. keep it under your arm. It, no, this, this is better. Yeah, because you can smack someone around with the hardback a lot better. Yeah, so. but, yeah. <laughs> this works too. I have actually had people tell me that they have used my books to fend off bird attacks. <laughs> the guy sent me a picture of, of one of my books with like a beak hole in it because oh, wow. the bird like. <laughs> <laughs> like dive bombed him and he fended it off with the book. So my that books could literally save your life. Oddly specific. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is. There are actually, I actually get a lot of stories from readers talking about like their cats attacking my books. So I don't know if there's some like the animal kingdom. Is it like the crow? Did you tap into something? <laughs> right. with yeah, the animal kingdom it does not like my books. There's there's so. catnip in the glue for the right. binding. Or something. <laughs> exactly. So it really is dirty magic. <laughs> it's very dirty. Yes. Okay, so this is Sabina King. Yeah. Okay, tell us about this one. So the Sabina Kane series, uh, the first book, the one you're holding up, is the fifth book and final book in the series, Blue-Blooded Vamp. 
the first one was called Redheaded Stepchild. And that series is about an assassin who is um, part vampire and part mage. Um, and naturally, the vampires and the mages are mortal enemies, or immortal enemies, however that's, you want to look at it. That's how these things work. Yes. <laughs> um, and so that series, it's a five-book series that wrapped up a couple years ago. And, um, you know, it's kind of more typical urban fantasy that we've become used to. Um, you know, tough chick. Um, she's got funny sidekicks, and there's, you know, crazy hijinks ensue, you know, kind of thing. It's a really, really fun series. But it's a little, um, there's a little more um, humor to the Sabina Kane series because, you know, there's a lot more snark and things like yeah. that um, where dirty magic is a little grittier because of the police work and things. But um, anyway, but I just had a new uh, novella come out in the Sabina Kane's world. Um, I wrapped up her story, but I'm putting out kind of side stories in ebook novella mm -hmm. form. Yeah. Um, and the one that just came out is called Fool's Gold, and it's actually a prequel story set in the 1970s when she first became an assassin. So it's a really fun kind of like, it's I, based on like those old exploitation films, you know? Um, and so there's a lot of like, you know, 70s, late 70s, like pop culture references and things, and you know, Burt Reynolds and, you know, the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, and it's... Um, yeah, so it's, the punk music yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, she makes a comic because she's a punk girl and it's when disco is still alive. So oh, yeah, she's nice. very not a fan of that. But um, So that one just came out, Full Skulls. Um, and so fans of the series, I think, are really kind of enjoying getting new stories in that world. So. And your, your books are clearly available here at a galaxy called Dallas, but I'm assuming they're in like Barnes and Noble. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're on Amazon. Oh yes. they, Everything well, is yes. on Although Amazon. Although I do have to say that I am, <laughs> in case people are aware of this, I'm a Hachette author. Um, and of course Hachette and Amazon are having a, a bit of a spat right of a now. Kerfuffle. So um, <laughs> it's hard to pre-order my books mm. through Amazon. Um, and if you're ordering a print copy, they're delaying shipping by six to nine weeks. So if you wow. want a print copy, you would be better off coming to a galaxy called Dallas or Barnes and Noble. Okay. But and if you're a Kindle reader, you can get them. Okay. And um, are all of your books available on like Audible as well, or um, just certain? Yeah, ones they've all yeah they've, they've all, been, all been turned into audiobooks. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, the the side e-novellas so. <laughs> are not um, the only novella I have that is an. Uh, an audible book is Meridian Six, which is a it's a separate world that I self published, and it's a vampire apocalypse. Story. Oh, yeah. James was telling us a little about that before the mm -hmm. the uh, before we started recording. Do you want to go into that a little? Yeah. Kinda... So um, that was a it was it was a pitch I was going to do to my publisher, um, but I ended up pitching Dirty Magic instead because I felt like it was the stronger um, idea for them. Um, but Meridian Six is a world, it's a post-apocalyptic kind of dystopian vampire story where vampires uh, enslave the human race. And so humans are pretty much in blood camps and labor camps. Obviously, this is a heartwarming, uplifting oh, yeah. tale. Um, and so Meridian Six is the daughter of one of the big human rebels who was murdered during the, um, the big war. And they have basically taken her and turned her into a propaganda piece, the vamps did. And so she escapes and thinks she's going to go be free. But, of course, the human rebels want her to use for their own purposes. Yeah. So she kind of ends up helping them rise up against the vampires. Um, so the first one's Meridian 6. It's it's out. It's in ebook, print, um, uh, audiobook. 
And then the second one will come out in March, and that one will be called Children of Ash. Um, and the idea is each novella is linked, but um, tells a different part of this world and different groups that are trying to overthrow the vampires. So it's kind of a fun side project for me. I'm self-publishing them. I wanted to dip my toe into those waters, and that's been really, really fun. Um, so that one's going, too. So I, I always have to ask this question in these situations. What happened to Meridians 1 through 5? Is that like Leonard's, <laughs> Leonard's part 1 through 5? Is it so secret you can't possibly tell us well, about them? I can tell you this. Uh, Meridian 6 is her is kind of her code name because okay. um, in the barracks where she was raised with the vampires, she was in Building... Uh, building 6. Building 6. <laughs> uh, no, it's Meridian Building... And she was the 6th pupils oh, okay they're they're done by numbers sorry okay. um so, so her book, real find out right it's all explained okay. in the book very good uh, but her real name her real name is carmina sargosa um and she escapes and i really love the setup of this book because it started out as a short story and all i knew when i started writing it was there was this woman who was trying to kind of find this house that had a red light on the porch and I didn't know what that meant when I started writing it. And then I realized that it was a signal for, like, the vampire underground, like the underground railroad kind of thing. Um, so she gets there, and it's, a, it's a, a, a group of vampire nuns who take her in and give her shelter for the night. And then they help her escape and join the rebels. So... It's kind of like fun. Yeah. Oh, and the, nuns. Yeah. That's a concept that's going to wrap around my head for yeah, a long time yeah, ago. That's yeah. one I hadn't heard before. Yeah. Uh, you can tell I'm a recovering Catholic. It comes up a lot in my books. But, um, but uh, the fun thing is, is that I actually got that story idea. I was like literally driving down the road one night and I looked over and somebody had a red light in their porch thing. And I was like, well, what could that mean? Like, what are they signaling? And then that started this whole thing, which is. I love it. Yeah, yeah, everything everything becomes fodder for the books. Yeah, I can get a slight historical reference from that, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean that always it always amazes me the way authors' minds work because I'd see that and just be like, ah, they put a red light bulb in, right. I'm <laughs> the red. And, right. and just you know go on. But you created an entire world out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun. That just always astounds me when people can do things like that. Yeah. <laughs> So how much of this book writes itself before you have to take <laughs> over and rein it in? Um, well, usually when I have an idea, um, I picture it like snippets from a movie. Like I'll see like a setting or I'll see people having a conversation. So the first thing I do is I just get down those little snippets. Okay. And then once I have kind of a collection of them, I look at them and I'm like, what is this? You know, <laughs> and I kind of shuffle it around and kind of see what works and then the story kind of grows okay. from that i'm not a plotter um a lot of authors are that is not me i'm when i try to plot my my work comes out really really like formulaic because <laughs> yep. i'm like well every other story i've seen has done it this way because <laughs> my brain just doesn't work with that kind of like linear thinking so i write stuff out of order and kind of piece it together and puzzle it and it kind of clearly it works for you grows organically yeah. that way yeah i mean it, you know <laughs> once i stop fighting it um things you know now i know how to do it in a way that works with the way that my brain processes story so um but like i said it's not a neat or pretty process <laughs> but it should be. as long as the result looks like it is <laughs> <laughs> the result luckily is is good editing you know so 
<laughs> makes it look like it's not so chaotic. That's wonderful. Yeah. I love it. It is. Um, I can't think of any other questions to ask. <laughs> no, I think we've pretty much covered the rain here, but there is one fluff question I want to ask you. Okay. Uh, okay here it's a Halloween thing. <laughs> okay. It's a Halloween podcast, so we have to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm assuming you went trick-or-treating as a kid. Yes. What was your favorite candy that was in the bag? Oh, that's a tough question. That's not a soft <laughs> question. That's a t- I mean, that's like telling me to pick my favorite book. Candy's important. <laughs> it, it is important. I <laughs> will agree with that. Like, I could expound for a long time on my least favorite candies because I'm pretty passionate about that. Okay, well, like, first of all, I always save the Tootsie Rolls. Like, the Tootsie Rolls are the last thing, but I eat them anyway because it's candy, right? (laughs) But those are, like, my... That's like the Z team. I'm like, I'm gonna eat all this first, and then if I just need sugar, there's a Tootsie Roll. Um, wow. I really, I, I don't know. I mean, I like, I like, you know, the classic Snickers, and um, I like chocolate. Anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, gum was good, except the, you know, the old like double bubble or whatever. Yeah. What was the little, the little like. Petrified. The little yeah. pink double bubble or bubble or something like that. Uh, no, like the ones, like not even that good. Like the little cheap. Like the pink no, barrel. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it like breaks your jaw when you yeah, take the your little first pink bite. Ricks. And then it's delicious <laughs> yeah. for like three chews and then it's completely flavorless. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that was always my bottom of the barrel right there. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't mind. I, I think. When I think about it, all these years later, it's Rolos that were when oh, I was trying to grab first because you know yeah. they had little packs of three of them, mm-hmm. and those things would be gone before the night was <laughs> up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I like uh, I like Milk Duds and then Sugar Babies too, but I like really like the Milk Duds because they you know it's like it's satisfying because you have to chew them for a long time, so it's like I feel like you really had some candy when you, you know it's like I had to work for it a little bit but it was good and it's not gone fast so I don't know but I like anything with sugar in it really I was always partial to the Kit Kats mm. Twixes mm-hmm. yeah Rolos are good too Rolos are good chocolate and caramel hang no wrong <laughs> that's yeah I never liked the stuff like the Smarties or no dots usually drove me crazy yeah. I never could understand that I mean I'd still eat them but then you know M&Ms Maybe that's like the pieces. W team. Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Reese's Pieces, M&M's. Those, mm-hmm. are, those are the two I went after first. I bet the peanut M&M's were the ones you wanted. Mm-hmm. Every time. <laughs> they are delicious. Oh, yeah. And they come with so many flavors now. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, that's the question I had. That's, yeah, it was a good that's one. A good I mean, question. we had a really it's a good, Halloween question. good discussion about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being on the podcast and talking with us today about your books and and everything you got going on. Do you have a website where people can um, find out more about you? They can check everything out at uh, www.jwells.com, and it's J with an E, J-A-Y-E, Wells. Um, And, of course, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and all the usual author procrastination (laughs) social media sites. (laughs) Uh, But thank you so much for having me today. It was really fun. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Now, we haven't done one of these in a while, but I figured for this episode we would do a audible recommendation, and this week we're going to recommend J. Wells' Dirty Magic. If you go to www.audible.com, you can sign up for a trial subscription for a month. When you do that, you can get a free audiobook, 
we recommend Jay Wells' Dirty Magic. I'll put a link in the show notes, and right now you'll hear a clip from that audiobook, and enjoy. Canal. Ambulance is on its way. Backup unit will be there in five minutes. Keep us advised of your 20. 10-4. I took my finger off the comm button. Shit, he's fast. I dug in, my air coming out in puffs of vapor in the cool night air. He was definitely freaking, a strength or speed potion, probably. But that type of magic wouldn't explain why he mauled that woman in the alley, or those yellow predator's eyes. I tucked that away for the moment and focused on keeping up. The perp loped through the maze of dark alleys and streets as if he knew the cauldron well. But no one knew it better than I did, and I planned to be right behind him when he finally made a mistake. As I ran, my lead cuffs clanked heavily against the wood of my nightstick. The rhythm matched the thumping beats of my heart and the air rasping from my lungs. I had a glock at my side, but when perps are jacked up on potions, they're almost unstoppable with mundane weaponry, unless you deliver a fatal shot. Killing him wasn't my goal. I wanted the notch on my arrest stats. Stop or I'll salt you! I pulled the salt flare from my left side, the best way to incapacitate a hex head was to use a little of the old sodium chloride. A loud, snarling grunt echoed back over his shoulder. He picked up the pace, but he wasn't running blind. No, he was headed someplace specific. Prospero, dispatch called through the walkie. Backup is on its way. Copy, the Vic? Ambulance arrived and confirmed death. M.E. is on his way to make it official. I looked around to get my bearings. He veered right on Mercury Street. The suspect appears to be headed for the arteries, I spoke into the communicator. I'm pursuing. Copy that, Officer Prospero. Be advised you are required to wait for backup before entering the tunnels. She told me their coordinates. I cursed under my breath. They were still five blocks away and on foot. A block or so ahead, I could see one of the boarded-up gates that led down into the old subway tunnels. The system had been abandoned 50 years earlier, before the project was anywhere close to completion. Now, the tunnels served as a rabbit warren for potion addicts wanting to chase the black dragon in the rat-infested, shit-stench darkness. In front of the gate, a large wooden sign announced the site as the future home of the Cauldron Community Center. Under those words was the logo for Volos Real Estate Development, which did nothing to improve my mood. If Speedy made it through that gate, we'd never find him. The tunnels would swallow him in one gulp. My conscience suddenly sounded a lot like Captain Eldritch in my head. Don't be an idiot, Kate. Wait for backup. I hadn't run halfway through the cauldron only to lose the bastard to the darkness but I knew better than to enter the tunnels alone. The captain had laid down that policy after a rookie ended up as rat food five years earlier. So I wasn't going to follow him there, but I could still slow him down a little, buy some time for backup to arrive. The salt flare's thick double barrel was preloaded with two rock salt shells. A bite from one of those puppies was rarely lethal, but it was enough to dilute the effects of most potions, as well as cause enough pain to convince perps to lie down and play dead. The only catch was, you had to be within 20 feet for the salt to interrupt the magic. The closer, the better, if you wanted the bonus of severe skin abrasions. 
the runner was maybe fifteen feet from me, and a mere ten from the gate that represented his freedom. Time to make the move. I stopped running and took aim. Exhale, squeeze, boom. The rock salt exploded from the gun in a starburst. Some of the rocks pinged off the gate's boards and metal fittings. The rest embedded in the perp's shirtless back like shrapnel. Small red pockmarks covered the dirty bare skin not covered with tufts of dark hair. He stumbled, but he didn't stay down. Instead, he leaped up the gate, and his hands grasped the top edge. A narrow opening between the gate and the upper concrete stood between him and freedom. Shit! Frustration and indecision made my muscles yearn for action. My only choice was to take him down. Speedy already had his head and an arm through the opening at the top of the gate. I surged up and grabbed his ankles, lifted my feet to help gravity do its job. We slammed to the ground and rolled all asses. All right, we're recording again. Yay. <laughs> Yay. We're recording. So with me, I, I still have Troy and Big Dog. I also have James and uh, from a galaxy called Dallas and Thomas from Fellowship of the Geeks. Hey, everybody. Go Boy. Fellowship. <laughs> so, what is Fellowship up to lately? Or what do you guys got planned coming down the pipes? Um, well, we've been talking uh, about different things. I mean, we're still doing the, uh, the more independent news and, um, and uh, doing reviews. But we've talked about maybe bringing back the webcast. Uh, but nothing's definite yet. Okay. Cool. Are you guys still doing the um, was the annual tournament? Oh, yeah. Comic Yeah, Comic Craziness. Yeah. No, we we may do something a little bit more for internal for the for the Galaxy Hall Dallas Comic Store, which is now open. Yay. Yes. Yay. And what's the address of that comic book shop so our listeners can find it and buy stuff from you? <laughs> Why, it's 1238 Beltline Road, Suite 365. For you folks using the GPS, then that's going to be on Garland 75040. <laughs> Excellent. And is there a phone number they might call to reach this establishment? Why, perchance it is. 1-900-O. <laughs> <laughs> now, the phone number is 972-530-2600. Again, 972-530-2600. Also, uh, if you're using Google to pull up directions straight to the store, it might try to uh, send you through the neighborhood behind us, and it might even tell you to jump the fence. <laughs> While that is a viable uh, way to get to us, you might just want to come around to the shopping center there at the corner of Beltline Road and North Garland Avenue. I need—I don't know how to get a hold of Google and let them know, hey, you need to quit telling my people to traipse through other neighbors' yards and stuff. It, they frown on that. Well, see, it's, it's actually really easy to find this place because all directions in Dallas start with get on Beltline. Well, and true, true. You're on Beltline. So it's true, yeah. You just get on it and drive. Eventually, you'll find yeah. this place because it's a big circle. <laughs> yeah, now that we've added the, the big lighted-up sign out front. Which looks great. And we're on the monument uh, sign down at the entrance to the shopping center. I don't know how many people I've had. Well, just last Saturday uh, for once, I had five or six people walk in that evening saying that they just saw the name of the store, mm -hmm. and, and instead of it saying comics or something, they saw the name and they go, ooh, what's that, and just stopped yeah. in because of it. So we're getting a lot of foot traffic, drive-by traffic. Uh, people are starting to find out where we're at. 
And uh, this being our third month, uh, things are going pretty good. Couldn't be happier. Now, and you guys don't just have comics either. You also have um, quite a selection of board games. Doing uh, board games, uh, I started getting getting into board games uh, before I even opened up the shop. But we try to cater uh, to them, not necessarily carry everything that's out there, but carry the stuff that most people are looking for. And then I try to find games that are um, maybe not in the mainstream yet, but I think are easy to learn, quick to play. Because a lot of times you, you try to figure out, hey, what do you want to play? Most times people want to play, but they don't have four to five hours to knock out one. Mm -hmm. They want something that you can do in 15, 30, 45 minutes. And so we try to carry a bunch of games like that, especially our dice games are kind of falling that way. And we got a, a bunch of card games, especially Munchkin Flux and that kind of stuff. And then we do have our, our action figures, our graphic novels, and then our book section's been doing pretty good. Uh, we're hoping to grow that and so that we have a real nice uh, genre section of uh, science fiction and fantasy novels, that kind of thing. One of the reasons we had Jay Wells out here today uh, pushing her book, um, and we're going to have um, the week before Thanksgiving, which is the 22nd, November 22nd, uh, we will have Russ Linton, uh, who is out of Denton. Linton, Denton, yeah. Uh, Russ Linton <laughs> with his uh, book. He'll be out here signing that that book uh, November twenty second. Excellent. So we try to we're trying to cater to a lot of different places, but not spread ourselves so thin. Cool. And um, do you guys hold any like uh, card tournaments or anything like that yet? Or we haven't done uh, card tournaments yet. We have got um, we tried getting uh, Magic the Gathering, Yu Gi Oh. We invite everybody in for casual play. Um, right now, with our staff being so small, we don't really have the time to push running something where we, uh, you know, we report the games to yeah. Wizards Network or Konami. Uh, so right now, we just kind of keep it casual. If I've got people that want to come in and play, say Friday Night Magic, and they're willing to pay five bucks a head, and I supply booster packs to the winners and the entrants, I'm willing to do that. But as far as the whole reporting thing, I just don't have time for it. Okay. Um, but casual play is definitely uh, encouraged and uh, and allowed. Excellent. You guys got any other questions about the shop? I mean, it's, it's a great-looking place. Yeah, it is a really good-looking <laughs> place. It's actually one of the better comic shops. Uh, it's not really huge like some places, like Lone Star Comics in Dallas was, but... What I do like about it is he really does cater to everybody. He's got the toy section for me and Troy. Um, he's got the comic section for me, Thomas, and Troy. And uh, he's got Doctor Who for Carl. Yeah, he has a so, Doctor Who shelf for me. <laughs> Carl's in there somewhere. Real novels? Yes, yeah, we have real novels. Uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. I uh, want everybody to have at least something that draws them in. And, and in the end, it's... Um, the big part of the store, and this is something that happened last Saturday night. Uh, Saturday, last Saturday night was one of our biggest nights since we opened up. And I'm standing there, and I've got eight people down at one end of the table. They're playing games. Actually, I had about 12 people at the table. Yeah. But there were three games going on at one time. Mm. Oh, it was packed in here. Yeah, Saturday and then uh, you and Thomas were at the register talking about something, or you and I were talking about. But I had small conversations going on elsewhere, and I had other people looking. And we probably had about 30 people in here, mm -hmm. all total. And then I had two people standing outside the window, and they were looking in, and I eventually <laughs> went out and got them. But through it all, uh, throughout the evening, we probably had about 50 people come in and out. And through it all, there was conversations going on, and, and there was people enjoying the topic. And 
And that's one of the things I love about the shop is the fact that, yeah, I sell stuff. But I also I try to bring those people together that love what they love and they can find other people that love that. And I think that was the biggest warm fuzzy I got all night, <laughs> aside from the you know the register uh, take at the end of the night. The warm fuzzy was <laughs> looking around and seeing so many people having such a good time. I did notice last Saturday that you were just kind of hovering around, glowing. I I felt uh, well in this way. Uh, you know, I was a DJ for twelve years. I, I really felt like a DJ that night because I was walking around and I was a host. Mm-hmm. You know, I would go with somebody and, and make sure they were doing what they wanted to do. They weren't. Well, let's find you something to play play with. Or if you're looking for a comic book, let's find that. If we don't have the comic book, let's figure out why. And if I can't get it, let's figure out what we can get that you might like. Uh, it's the same way with DJing. Uh, play something I can dance to. All right. Well, first of all, you got 200 people out there dancing already. What's different about you? <laughs> and cater, <laughs> cater to them. But um, that's the really the big thing about the shop is it's not only a comic book shop, but it's a community meeting place. And uh, usually Saturday nights is the best place to fi- figure that out. And we have a lot of fun. And um, that's probably one of my, if I don't do anything else with the shop, you know, that Saturday night, that will probably be my best accomplishment so far. And uh, we've just been having a lot of fun with it. Cool. Well, we were talking on Facebook. Uh, I think Thomas Branch started the conversation about how um, there doesn't seem to be really much community here in Dallas for the geeks to really coalesce. And I think for your birthday, it was yours and Taffeta Darling's. And if you don't know who that is, Taffeta Darling is a very big cosplayer here in the Dallas area. But I know, I try not to say it. I don't know the other term (laughs) offhand. Costumer. Costumer. Okay. My apologies, Taffeta, if you're listening. I'm (laughs) trying not to. uh, I'm not trying to upset you. She has better but, stuff to do than listen to us. Well, she really does. That actually pointed to it. She's got her own show out of Deep Elm. This she'll probably be doing tomorrow. Yeah. But um, anyway, <laughs> I said that at the time that you two were the best representatives in the Dallas area for fandom. And I, I really do mean that because here it's – I don't want to call it random geekiness because it's not really that. It's really focused on certain it's things. It's curated. And that's, yeah. that's what I <laughs> – I curate my stuff. I'm I'm like the collector, except I don't really collect all this stuff. But I know other collectors. I know people that, you know, I pay attention to what my customers like. Uh, in fact, that Saturday night, I had a lady come in and tell me how much she loved my book section because they were there were books that you wouldn't find anywhere else. You can go to the other comic book shops. You might see a book here or there. But um, it's not often that you find uh, you know, my steampunk Bible or some of my other stuff. And I, I told her, I said, I appreciate that thought because I, I take care of the things that I bring to my calendar, uh, such as the books or, or other, other stuff. And so it, I took pride in that. And for her to, you know, compliment me on the selection of books that I'm selling, I, I really appreciated that. And it's like, that, like I said, it's like that with everything else. I could easily go out and buy the variants and put up variants left and right, mm-hmm. or I can even you know price them like some of the other places. But I'm not here to gouge anybody. I know other collectors out there don't have a big budget, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then even with uh, the comic books, I try to carry as many of the popular titles as I can. But I also try to slide in some of the stuff that you don't normally see, um, and who knows, maybe turn some new people on to it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and this is kind of an all ages shop too, because you do have like the like Big Dog said, the toys section for him and Troy, but mm-hmm. you also have toys aimed at younger children, and you also have a, a kids that's why book I don't section. Care, that's why I don't have the Breaking Bad dolls. Yeah. I'm sorry, action, <laughs> yeah. action figures. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you have a kid's book section, too, for yeah. younger readers. Yes. Well, with um, having a younger kid, I guess that kind of helps. Oh, exactly. Yeah, she, she helps. <laughs> I, well, I've told the story about how Les, we, we hadn't got the shop yet. We're standing out front. <laughs> we're just looking through the window. And she turns to Les and says, my dad's going to have a kid's section. And then she thumbs her little thumb over her shoulder. And I'm going to sell my stuff in there, too. <laughs> this is coming from a four-year-old, you know. And so I'm, I'm glad that, and from day one, I told her, I said, this is not daddy's shop, you know. Uh, this is mine and your shop. And for those that don't under, don't know my story, uh, no, my it's, wife. It's her shop. Well, yeah. well, You're yeah, just allowed much. to be here. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to play amongst it, daddy. Um, for those that don't know my story, my wife passed away two years ago from a brain tumor. And so it's just been me and my daughter. And um, this is kind of a culmination of the last things that my wife told me, which was get healthy and, and be happy. Um, and... You know, I look at it as I'm never going to be healthy unless I'm happy first. So I work on that first, and um, and this is really helping. And I to to make sure that my daughter was included, so that she didn't think I was cheating on her when you know Daddy has to go away during the day. No, Daddy's working on the shop, and you're going to school so that you can learn to help me in that shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she took it to, to heart. Uh, the first time that Thomas was locking the door, she looked at Thomas, looks back at me and goes, why does he have keys? You know, she, she was really upset. I'm the one that should have all those. And, um, so she's got a little set, a set of keys that I don't know what they go to, but that's, that's her thing now. Her Fisher Price Harley. <laughs> I wanted a Harley. Um, but yes, we do have the kids section. We've got, I've got books. I've got comic books. Um, I try to buy the things that uh, are on the, you know, the Blue Bonnet Awards. Uh, I try to buy things that I've seen in the past that I've liked. In fact, right now I've got, uh, they should be coming in pretty soon. It's um, Brad Meltzer's children's series. Uh, he started out with, I am Abraham Lincoln, I am Amelia Earhart, I am Rosa Parks, and then I've got the one back there, I am Albert Einstein. But they are... Their biographies told from their kid perspective, and it, uh, he's got some uh, actual photographs put in with the artwork, and it's it's really a really neat series. And um, then I've got the the latest the the new book that came out, my first book of girl power uh, for girls for empowering themselves, and I already sold a couple of copies of that, and she loves it. And it's just like a little board book, but it talks about girls and how they're just as good as any man, and you know. Growing up in an age where, you know, your mom was expected to be in the kitchen and she wasn't supposed to work. And of course, then to see that change before your eyes where my mom did get out of the kitchen and did go get a job and stuff. And uh, it's you still have some of that out there today where people think that that's the way it should be. So and I, I can make sure that that doesn't happen in my in my household. But I also have to make sure that she knows it well enough that when she goes to somebody else's house and sees that know that it's not right mm. and so i try to make sure that i've got books that are going to empower kids in general not just for boys and girls and well it also brings up a good topic uh, on that too because even in geekdom the female role has been played up a lot more in recent years but a lot of times it's been a real boys club um, well there's that whole gamer gate thing going on right now which is just 
ridiculous with mm. people attacking female gamers for no reason whatsoever. That is the yeah. one. And I'm sorry, I've seen too many women that do games, whether it be tabletop to the ones on the Xbox, that can kick my butt out the door. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I am not anywhere near as You're good talking as to a guy who gets motion sickness on a first-person shooter, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't bother me. Yes, I was, and, I, and I, I never worried about uh, seasickness. I don't know what it is. I, motion sickness. <laughs> I, you know, I guess it was maybe on them P-Rows in Louisiana. They're in the bayou. Maybe that's what it was. Um, but it's... You didn't have to shoot the crawdad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, if I could take... And that's, to me, I don't think we would have this pervasiveness of Gamers Gate and all this stuff. It's one of the negative aspects of the Internet. When you yeah. have anonymity and people hiding behind names, uh, fake names and stuff... They're yeah. cowards. They feel that they can say anything they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and do. And yeah. do. On oh, posting mm-hmm. someone's personal information, like their address and phone number. Oh, and when stuff they pulled like that out with Felicia Day, I was about ready to head yeah. to California and start whooping people. That is. You don't mess with my girl. Yeah. That's uncalled um, wow. for. There's no reason to, uh, the, the, to do that to anybody. I mean, <laughs> not only are we empowering women with this show, we're empowering James to get <laughs> some butt. I, <laughs> I don't know how that sounds. It's. It, I don't know. It's it, and that's kind of you know against the whole thing that I just said. You know, uh, women were the need me to stand up for them. They're just as powerful as we are. But I, I'm sorry, I still feel that chivalry part of wanting to go out. Hmm. And for, I think it's more, um, and I don't want to say oppression of the weak because they're not weak. It's just the fact. Uh, it's oppression of uh, the good. No. It's basically good and evil. And you've got people out there. The sad part is some of these people are probably in their 30s and 40s, maybe even older, who feel that it's okay to go out there and do this kind of stuff. And I would rather take them and and put them up against the wall and nerf gun them to semi, you know, <laughs> bruise them and maybe take away their gaming rights. That's the big thing is take away their Internet privileges for life. No. Reduce it so that they can never be on the Internet ever again. Uh, because to me, when you start doing people like that, you show that you're not. Um, you know, if that was, if you were to do that in real life off the internet, uh, you'd be arrested. You'd be arrested. Yeah. <laughs> in um, fact, you should be. You'll be. You could be arrested here if they knew who you were. Which I'm torn between the whole uh, being able to have your anonymity, but I'm also thinking that when you start pulling stunts like that, your anonymity needs to be revoked. Oh yeah. Well, it's one of those. If you're willing to put somebody else's information out there. Yours should be exactly. just as, uh, as equally out there. Well, exactly, but they're all too big a coward. Oh, yeah, of where's course the, they are. Where's the do good hackers? Where's the good hacking group? You know, that, that tries to hack those guys back and, and reveal them. Yeah, well, that stuff's getting on TV now, but it's not going yeah. on much in real life. What was, or at least I mean, not what that I, anybody's come forward and What done. I don't get is just because someone disagrees with you on something like a game or because a girl beats you in a video game... That is no reason to threaten someone's life. That's it's not. just ins- that's that is literally someone who is insane. No, it is insanity. And <laughs> that's some, it's good. jealousy. It's horrible jealousy because they're not as good. Yeah, uh, and that's the. It's also a general lack of social skills. Pretty oh, much, uh, if you take somebody that can never be molded into a civilized human being and stick them in a little room. And say you can do anything you want because nobody will know who you are. I'm just going to make the problem worse. Yeah. Well, and this also goes back to identifying people who 
might be a little bit mentally off in the first place, mm-hmm. and we would be, um, I would like to think, lessening instances like the school shooting we just had the other day, yeah. Sandy Hook, Columbine, all of that, uh, because that's what it all goes back to. These people are mentally unstable if they think that is right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't um, become, um, oh, what's the word? If you can't coexist with other people on the internet, of all things, <laughs> then there's something wrong with. I mean, it. if you can't, yeah, if you can't coexist with someone that has a slightly different opinion than you, or a completely different opinion in that fact, or just the fact that they are better at you at a video game. That, that's what's really game. bad is the fact that that's what you're ma- why you're mad at yeah. them in the first place. They're, they're mad because they're not as good at a video game. Yeah. Who cares? It's a video game. You know, just do what, was, do what my brother did. Just throw the remote control at the TV and get it over with. I mean, and then I'm as competitive as the next person when it comes to playing a board game, a, a sport if I can ever move, mm-hmm. or you know, a video game especially, but I'm not going to threaten someone's life or come to, to punches over it. It's a video game. Do you think I'm going to give my kid a black eye because she's better at Dance Dance Revolution than me? I don't no, think so. That's, that's insane. Now, if she starts, you know, talking trash to me, that's, uh, you know, better uh, double up, kid. We're really <laughs> into sci-fi effects after dark now with that image. <laughs> but, I mean, going going back to, again, Taff, I mean, you're talking about somebody who walks the walk, talks the talk. She doesn't need... Really, to the fence put to her because I've seen some people that have said some rather unkind things on Facebook here and there. She don't but, need our defense because no, we witnessed her tear back into them. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's just it. I, I I know how it sounds right now. I'm a fan. I'm a proponent of this woman. Not only does she walk the walk, she she talks it all. She knows what she's talking about. Gail Simone herself said that she looked like Batgirl more than any picture she's ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, stuff like that. It, it, I want to see more of those people get out there. I want to yeah. see that because there's, like I said, there's too many girls in the geek community that don't have great representation. And they really need more of it. Well, a lot of that's because a lot of them are afraid. Because when they come out and say something, then they get attacked by these idiots. Well, look at Star Wars Girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, with, <laughs> with everything about that, what I'm trying to talk about is girl power. Uh, I, I'm such a proponent for it because I do feel bad for all these people who have been just persecuted for being a fan of something just because people label it a boy's hobby. Uh, you know, the Star Wars girl, for example, that yeah. that was horrible. And the community response was oh, the, just awesome. The Star Wars community is the best. They <laughs> came to that girl's defense. Wow. I mean, it wasn't just the community either. It was, uh, well, I mean, not just the fan community, but the actual actor oh, yeah. and everything else jumped in. All the Lucasfilm reps came to, came to Barry. You had Ashley Eckstein was on the forefront. Viva yeah. by Ashley Eckstein. That woman... I swear, not only does she have her universe, which is all about, you know, giving the girl geek their own stuff, but she's just out there with the fans. She loves them. She's a fan favorite, too. It's been awesome to see Darth Maul show show and tell that day at that second grade school. (laughs) (laughs) Just staring everybody down. (laughs) And full makeup. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, 
and I guess I've, I've kind of been attuned toward a little bit more. Well, pretty much everything in my life has really been ramped up here the last five or six years. You know, my daughter's going to turn five in January, and when you, you have a little girl, the world changes. Uh, I was the oldest of three boys, so it's always been a boy's world for me. But when you've got that little girl, and you see how other girls and other women are objectified, and now granted, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people who say, uh, for instance, the uh, strip clubs and strippers, that's the first thing they say, oh, you're objectifying women. Well, those women have a choice. They can either go there or they don't have to go there. I want to raise my daughter so that she knows that there are other options. But if she grows up and feels that that's the only way she can get through college, I've raised her as best I can, hopefully better, and if that's her choice, that's her choice. But in a situation where you don't have a choice, and I, I hear where you're going, fellas, stop it. <laughs> if, if, uh, if my daughter uh, grows up knowing the difference, that's the big thing. One of the things was, uh, especially with kids, and I try to tell people this all the time, Working there, I worked at the Borders in Louisville, and we had a customer walk up one day, and there was um, Megan uh, Fox on the cover of Cosmopolitan. Well, she's in a swimsuit and all her <laughs> broke, uh, all in her glory and everything. And this guy walks up with his three-year-old daughter. Well, the the um, magazine was right there at eye level in front of the kid. The kid never saw the magazine. She was too busy looking at all the colorful things that we put mm -hmm. up there for kids to buy. Well, he's going straight for that, throws it on my counter and asks me, do you really think it's all right to put this kind of trash up here at the register at eye level? I go, well, first of all, it's not at eye level. <laughs> but you did find it, didn't you? And <laughs> second of all, it's not my job. I don't make enough money to determine where these go. We get sent a form that says where mm -hmm. to put the magazines, and that's where we put it. Do you think it's right? I said, sir, I just told you I make minimum wage. <laughs> it does not make a difference what I think. If I care to have my job and make that minimum wage, I do what the paper tells me. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing, owning your own shop and saying, no, I'm not going to put this work. You mm -hmm. can find it. It's another mm -hmm. you work for somebody else. And they say, we don't care about that. We want to make sure that the adults find it, and that's where you put it. Mm -hmm. But if you care that much about it, here's the corporate number. That's what I yep. did. I gave him the corporate number, and I said, and don't you also think that if your child was really worried about that, which obviously she's not paying any attention to it, if she did see it, this would have been the perfect opportunity for you to talk to your daughter about it. <laughs> and instead, you know, and he gets all mad and huffy puffy and walks out. Well, that would involve him, you know, being yeah. a parent. And that's the thing, though. People <laughs> find it easier to be nasty to somebody mm -hmm. else who has no control than to take control and talk, have that conversation with their child. And so with my child, whenever we see certain things, I talk to her about it. Um, I can't remember what it was the other day. Unfortunately, my daughter listens to the news while I watch it. That's the reason <laughs> I have to watch how I do it, because um, she listens to it. Um, that Toys R Us thing must have been a real show. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't it. You know, in the news nowadays, when you turn on the news and the first 15 minutes is, this child got uh, kidnapped, this child got beaten to death, this child was drowned by its mother, uh, or just this child is black and blue at the hospital on life support. That is scary, even for a child who is listening to it. And so oh, yeah. we, we have to talk about that. I have to tell her, just because you're hearing it here doesn't mean that it happens everywhere. And, and even some adults don't realize that, too. It's, you know, 
we think, oh my God, it's getting more rampant nowadays. It's not. It's just it's on the news because that's all they really have to talk about. And I talk to her about that. I say, this is not happening to little boys and girls all over the world uh, like it looks like it is. Yes, it happens. But daddy's not going to do it to you because he loves you. Mommy is not going to do it to you because she loves you. Um, if anything, just be, you know, simply because it, there is a more multimedia aspect to it, mm-hmm. Getting out there and it is happening less. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, since we hear about it more. I always try to tell people: look at the news as your daily dose of common sense. Uh, That strange man that you think's a great neighbor and everything, (laughs) but you don't see very often. Watch it a little closer. Uh, We all need neighborhood watchdogs. Um, You know, uh, the the person that they just showed that just had an accident because they were on their phone texting and everything. That's a big clue to not text and drive, you know, yeah. when you're out and about. You know, it's just a daily reminder. Yes, do not text and drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with with my daughter uh, and the whole comic book scene, when we're out and about, um, we were walking through the comic book or the uh, the costume section at the store, and you notice that there aren't as many uh, girl costumes as there are boy costumes. And of course, they had. Um, the Supergirl, Batgirl, Wonder Woman, that kind of stuff. But then the boys, they have the G.I. Joe stuff. they got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so I try to tell her, you know what? If you don't want to be one of the girls, you can be one of the, the these other costumes. Well, the costumers that go to some of the cons that I've done, too, they don't seem to mind. I don't know how many female Castiels I saw at a Supernatural convention. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Female Robin. Female Doctors. Or is a woman in the comics now. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's the thing. <laughs> that's people that have grown up, and they've probably been grow- growing up with that message that girls can do this. Just It's it's the young ones that we've got to teach that way. Just because they don't have one that's a typical girl doesn't mean that you can't go as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah. Or better yet, uh, there's a website out there. I talked about it last Halloween uh, on my blog. And it was a website that highlighted women in history and in mythology. So that you could go back and it had photos and it talked about uh, the biography of these people like Marie Curie. Um, you know, do your hair up all frazzled like her. Maybe put some uh, glow-in-the-dark paint on your face. <laughs> carry a couple of test tubes. You're Marie Curie, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that hard to do. But that's the thing, is being the parent and... And it all goes back to that. You're a parent. Be an active mm. part of your kids growing up and not just the backseat driver. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Well, get up here and show me how to do it right, you know? <laughs> and it must be interesting doing it in such a geek community, too. <laughs> growing up in a comic shop has got to be an interesting experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. It hadn't really caught on yet because they, uh, her daycare uh, shut down last week. And so we're looking for a new one. And um, she... She's been up here uh, two full days, three full days. And even after that first full day, it was like 1 or 2 o'clock. We hadn't been open three or four hours. <laughs> Daddy, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> well, honey, I wished it worked that way, but it don't. And since you're part owner of this store, you're staying just as long as me. <laughs> that didn't go over too well. So until it gets back to being fun for her, uh, it's it's still a mess. Reality, it's a harsh mistress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, maybe you know she's got her she's got her beanbag, she's got her Netflix, she's got her <laughs> tablet, she's got her uh, drawing box and everything, and yet it's still not enough. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe if I can get her into. She she brings me wall art. Here, Daddy, you need to put this up in the shop. <laughs> yes, I do, honey. Sure do. Now, what is that again? 
It's the Flash, Aiden Robin. Oh, it's not a bird in the tree. Thank you. <laughs> over in your kids' section over there, you can put up a cork board and you can have like Lily's art gallery. You know, I could do that. That's a genius idea. I like that. And you can you can just swap them out. And when she comes up with new ones, you can put a new one That's up there. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. She can come in and put them up there. Can I hang up some of my stuff there? <laughs> you can have a cork board too. <laughs> Thank you. I feel special now. <laughs> yeah, the. Um, I think that'd be kind of cool. It's it's one of the things talking about opening a comic book shop. Uh, we hadn't been open a couple of days, and Les and Thomas are standing over there, and I walk out of the shop after uh, after the come out of the office and look around, and I throw the shoulders back, and I go, you know what? I own a comic book shop. <laughs> I look around, and I go, I haven't read a comic book in three months. <laughs> I've had so much other stuff going on. You know? Are you supposed to admit that one night? <sighs> I, I I read the backs of them. <laughs> I read the short synopses in the in the previous catalog. Somebody asked me, "Oh, what's going on in this issue?" Give me just a second; I can look it up. <laughs> yeah, between trying to get all the orders right and finding, okay, do I have enough? Uh, do I have enough fixtures to put everything on? And do I have this? And do I have that? And then doing QuickBooks and making sure everybody got paid and hadn't even paid myself yet. And it's uh, and then trying to keep up with a kid. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, owning the comic book shop is a big thing uh, with the kid, different different uh, paradigm on it. Then, um, like I said, you know, again, it all goes back to community because Rebecca has her girl in here. I've got another guy that comes in on uh, Saturday nights, Matthew. He he's got his two kids, and so that's one of the things I haven't really built up is a good library of kids' games. Mm. Um, that way we can take the kids and go, here you go, let me show you how to play it. All right, you know how to play it? Good. Don't you mean, move. You mean Doctor Who Risk the Dalek Invasion of Earth isn't a kid's game? <laughs> I would have loved that game yeah, when I was a kid. Dalek scare me. It's awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, you have Arkham Horror down there. That's says kid-friendly all over it. <laughs> Eldritch Horror? Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> nothing says kid-friendly quite like Lovecraft. Exactly. <laughs> The old ones. You should listen to them. Respect your elder. No, I'm serious. When I was a kid, I would have loved me some Doctor Who Risk. That would have been awesome. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's got Doctor Who on it. That's all it has to do with you. <laughs> but it's could, Risk. It is Risk. With Daleks. I guess we could teach them how to play uh, Doctor Who Monopoly or uh, the Firefly Clue or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, once we get all those, you know, you, you got the family side to it. and the, Like I said, I just can't. I know I, I get redundant after a while using the word community, but it's uh, like one of the other guys said. I had a guy come in the other day, and he was like, oh, man, I'm so glad to know that you guys are open. He says, you know, after Comic Book Craze closed down, he said, hey, I hate driving other places, and most other places, they don't have a place. And I said, "Let me." I said, there were times that I would wake up in the morning when I was at home taking care of my wife, and then there were, day, uh, there were days that I had to spend all my time taking care of her, but then there were days that she had somebody, uh, a member of the family or somebody coming over to take care of her, and I would have an off day. And I would wake up, and I wanted so bad to find somebody to talk to about the latest sci-fi stuff, <laughs> movies, books, or comics, you know, anything. And I would go find the guys over at Comic Book Craze, or we'd have a yeah. monthly meetup. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how many times I told you guys, this is my only outlet. <laughs> yeah. Glad to have you all here. <laughs> right back at you. Yeah. So, 
you know, and he says, that's me, man. He says, I wake up and I just want to, I, I want to talk about what I saw last night on YouTube. And, and so as long as I've got people like that coming in, this is a yeah. place where you can come in, you can sit down. You don't have to buy anything. If you do, that's great. But if not, at least you can meet somebody who likes the same things that you like, talk about them. And but the word community is a good word. It really is. It is. When you when you think about people in fan communities or geek communities, I think more Austin than here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even then, I find that it's very niche to get into those groups. Whereas with this... Well, they were weird before we were. So. Yeah, they, they were. <laughs> but... But uh, with Dallas, I've always felt like we're kind of segregated very much. And, I mean, it sucks. It's not even just from community to community. It's from comic book store to comic book store. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to have your loyalty to your comic shop, but I never trusted one source for my comics anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, that's just a dead truth. Um, He has another shop on the side, James. It's okay, I understand. (laughs) I I try try not to. There's a place called Duncanville Bookstore. It's closer. It's a great place, yeah. It is. And you just need a galaxy called Dallas Outpost 2. You know, if this gets to going good the next year, I might think about that. I might start branching off towards the the, the hinterlands out there and the, the edges. Um, if you decide to compete with Duncanville Bookstore, you can be in my neck of the woods. I don't know. Duncanville's been there for 40 years. I don't know if I'm going to be able to compete yeah, with that. If you get a better parking lot, I guarantee you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is a rough parking lot. And, uh, very rough. That's why I, I come all the way out here. I, you know, they are three miles from my house. Yeah. I won't go there because my car will be destroyed. <laughs> now it's and the, I finally got a chance to go see them. And in fact, it was beginning. Of, they're a great job. Yeah, beginning, <laughs> beginning of the year, I got a chance to go see them. And I walked in, and I went in there thirty seconds, and I uh, had Lily in my arms, and we were walking around. I go, and this is exactly how I want my shop. I want a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit of everything, you know. Yeah. Even when we started going, just the first time, it was a small shop, mm-hmm. and they have expanded since then, and it's great in there. I love it. It's uh, Andy that's got it, right? Uh, so. Don't remember the name offhand. No, I feel, I feel bad about that, but it. <laughs> I went in there. After, when you go when you're not buying Andy, you're buying, you know, what's yeah. shit. Right. Yeah. I went you're to. You're buying Buzz and Woody. <laughs> yeah. I want Buzz and Woody. Andy was a kid and, you know, kid trapping his back. Anyway. So, after I went in there. Dark. Yeah, it went after dark. Yeah. After dark. So, it's a mix of accident. Yeah, with James and I in the room, I'm surprised he's yeah. at this coin. <laughs> but I went there after the con last week. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. walking around their toy section, it's expanded more. They've got mm-hmm. more statuary, and it, it's nice coming into something like this though, where I can still get what I want. Mm-hmm. It's smaller, but it's got room to grow, mm-hmm. and you can feel it. it's the same guy. It's got that same feeling that Duncanville did, where you look around and go, "Wow, there's all this <laughs> stuff." Well, it's like um, I think it's Wayne over at Gen X walked in, and uh, he says two things. He says first thing. Knock down that wall. And I go, well, if I can find out who's on the other side, I would love to. No, <laughs> take it over. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's not a comic book shop. Otherwise, that would be fun. But, uh, you know, I. it's kind of like when it's I was... It's called a hostile takeover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just these are big now. Yeah, oh, yeah well, that's true. Yeah. Get your horned helmet on. Go over there. We take it over there. Oh, it's Corporations are people. They do hostile takeovers all the time. Just, you know, go the, with the, it, man. The, the Crimson Assurance. <laughs> <laughs> so we're placing Wagner. 
Spear in a magic helmet. We, um, no, that was, uh, I told him, I said, I've never gone anywhere thinking that this is it. This is all I want, you know. Granted, I would love to have this business to the point where it keeps me and Lily uh, fed, clothed, and housed. And we still make a little money every every year so that we can go see great-grandma out in Georgia. Or until she gets older, you know, she decides, okay, I want to go to, you know, Panama Beach or something like that. Well, you have that, that look of fear on your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daddy's going the first couple of years, okay? Until you're at least 25. <laughs> you mean you're not planning to just get rich off running a comic book shop? Oh, man, I learned a long time ago. I, I've seen the people that run comic book shops. Mm. Hi, uh, Matt. <laughs> 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 no, um, I, I, when I first you know, get into a, a job or a business or something, I don't look at it as this is where I want to be. And so I did think about knocking down the wall and what I could do next door with it. Um, of course, I'm going to have to need at least twice my workforce by that time. Hmm. But uh, it's like when I went to work at um, the appliance parts place over here in Dallas. And um, I went in for the interview, and I sat down with the two immediate supervisors right across the table from the president. The president says, where do you see yourself in five years? I slowly turn and look at the two supervisors and go, <laughs> Who's youngest on this, or who who's got at least tenure on this? This bus? And he's going. That's the kind of answer I'm looking for. I said, yeah, I don't hire on for one position. I'm hire on, on for a position to move up in. Yeah. Same thing when you own the business. You know, <laughs> if you're not striving to to move that business beyond that point, and you're really not uh, looking to, because there's always inflation and there's other stuff. Mm -hmm. So you've always got to be looking to improve your sales, even if you don't want to stay small at least improve your sales so that you are here 10, 15, 20 years. Um, man, if I could be a Buddy Saunders and and have Lone yeah. Star that last that long. <laughs> well, even Lone Star, even though the physical stores are closed down, their online presence is still mm -hmm. there. Yeah. yeah. I used to work for Buddy Saunders. Back well, in the... you know, and, and of course, I think Buddy is the curator of that uh, museum, or that uh, warehouse you see right at the beginning of, or at the end of Raiders of Lost Ark. I yeah. think that's where most of the stock comes from. Oh, believe me, I've actually been in that warehouse. I stocked those toy shelves. I was in there drooling most of the time. Now yeah. that we have the part number for the art. <laughs> Let's go get it. They had some toys in there that made me drool. Like uh, the Phantom of the Opera figure you have, the very tall one. Yeah. They had the Mask of the Red Death figure. I know, I wanted there. that one. I asked how much it was. No one got back to me on any pricing, which meant, Jeremy, you can't afford that. If you have to ask, you don't need it. It's 120 I asked. I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't now. It's a little bit of cry. Well, I was mad. I had 115 on me. Missed it by that much. But, I mean, working at a comic shop was fun with those days, though. I loved working there. I loved stock. I didn't stock the shelves. What I did was I got everything ready to go out for Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I made sure that all the long boxes had the stuff for the satellite stores. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I helped bag and board the rest of the pull list for the Wednesday opening. And on Thursday, we did all the subservice for what was being pulled for the week for mailing customers. Well, that just sounds like... Horrible job. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. 
because I got to discuss all this <laughs> stuff. Now, there are some customers is like $500 each order, and you got RoboCop Energy Drink and other <laughs> stuff. That you're not really sure why they bought it, but, you know, it's the like it was made in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, wasn't that baby food? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was baby food. <laughs> um, you were talking about uh, the community and everything, and, and Taffeta and, and I, and also with the online thing about uh, Thomas Branch bringing up about the old Ren Fair, or not Ren Fair, but Fantasy Fair. Yeah. I, I got to Dallas in 93, 94, and so I guess that was towards the ends of the fanfare days. Um, but from everything that I've heard about it, I've, and I've heard some of the oldsters talk about how great it was, and I've heard you guys talk about it. I would love to see something like that back because that's uh, the gist of Thomas Branch's post was about how it seems like the cons are more geared towards celebrities than they are the creators. These days yeah. they are. Uh, you, you, we were talking about it on the way up here, but you have a lot of, I believe what you term, geek end warriors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like the term, by the way. I've been <laughs> using it quite a bit yeah. now. But they've shown up to the cons, and they they want to see all the people in costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are people that watched a couple episodes of Big Bang Theory and thought it was funny. Yeah, they thought it was funny. They wanted to see all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was really just in case you were curious. Uh, <laughs> um, ones are bad. Go figure. Anyway... <laughs> So they're sitting there watching, looking at all the costumes. They're not buying anything on the dealer's floor. They're not even there for the autographs, per se. They, mm-hmm. they came just because they wanted to take a few pictures and watch the nerds herd together. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad because I, I feel now it's my job to go to Artist Alley and buy at least one piece of art from mm-hmm. somebody. I got mm-hmm. a piece at Austin Con that I showed Troy today. It's a Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. And how can you not want something like that? This he thing, told me it was painted. I thought it was a photo. It, it looks <laughs> like a photo. Wow. It looks like I a know. photo. We'll post a picture of it on the website because I've actually I've got it here with me now. It's out in the out in the truck. But the the stuff that's going on with them because now Artist Alley seems so small. It's yeah. like back in the day you'd go and they had a room dedicated or at least a line mm-hmm. dedicated. They're spread out as much as they can, and it's it, yeah. It, they look at them and they go, "Are you part of a giant multimedia conglomerate?" No. Okay, you go in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem with any of the really big shows. That's why I like the smaller ones like FenCon and DFW Hoofest and uh, well, and, Fen- and uh, what's the other? The, the Dallas Comic Book Show that yeah. we're doing November fifteenth. Uh, that's one that's put on by Chris Latham, and uh, it's every three months. Uh, it's the Dallas Comic Book Show, and he usually gets some really neat people uh, coming in. This next mm-hmm. one is basically Mad Theme, Mad Magazine. He's got a couple of the artists from Mad Magazine coming in. Unfortunately, Sergio's not going to be there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would probably you know, squee all the way there for that one. Um, bring, bring my entire collection of Gru and my old collection of Gru. And, and, uh, You're that guy. That guy. <laughs> so, uh, but Ron Killingsworth uh, posted back on Tom's uh, thing and was talking about how it may be coming back to the shops to bring in those creators and maybe kind of rebuild that that, mm. uh, that community from the ground up again. Well, it have to be because <laughs> I love going to the cons here in Dallas. Mm. I've gone to them for the past 12 years now, maybe more. And as much as I love them, Dallas was sold off to Fan Expo. Mm, I believe yeah. that's, that was the group they got mm-hmm. sold to. Those crazy and Canadians. 
Yeah. Put his head on a boot. The, the Canucks have Dallas. The Canucks have Dallas. Run! Uh, so. Wolverine! Oh, sorry. Wrong <laughs> but the, there's, it's gotten so big, and it it's to the point now where you still have the same small feeling with the volunteers mm-hmm. because a lot of them are still very confused on what needs to go on. Mm-hmm. And... Yet you've got very high prices for all these autographs, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, I it, I can pay some of these prices, but eighty dollars, a hundred dollars for an autograph is going to be <laughs> way too much. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to go and see some of the artists and get some of their work, but of course, you know, when you're at a con like this and you're getting some big money for this, of course, they're going to charge high prices. Mm-hmm. And depending on who the artist is, some of that's really justified. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Neil Adams, for example. Well, especially most of the people out there getting these things are going to get his autograph, turn around and put it on eBay, mm-hmm. like yeah. that. No. And uh, um, who was it? Tom was. Of course, there's a way to concern those people. They go to the end line. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, fans up front. I think it was Ron Mars at one of our shows. He had a little thing up there that says, "If you're signing more than one, or if I'm signing more than one, then there will be a ten dollar fee after so many." And uh, and that was his defense. He mm-hmm. says, "Because most of these people are going to take it, put it on eBay." And make money off of my name. How come I yeah. shouldn't get something back? Off oh no, yeah, he deserves his cut. Yeah, and and I understand that that's kind of the same thing with the celebrities. You know, hundred dollars. That's why they're doing it. But if you know, if I've paid a ticket and I'm getting something personalized, why can't I get a discount? Because yeah. I can't really no. necessarily turn around and and I got a story about that too. Yeah, <laughs> I can't necessarily turn around and go to the internet and sell an autographed picture of William Shatner that says to James. You know, I guess he I could. could. Uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> he, he, he'd been drinking, the tea went up there, and he just forgot his last name. <laughs> but we, uh, I went to go see Ron Perlman, and again, this was another Dallas event. Uh-huh. And with my stuff, I've told many people out there before, I do my own artwork for all of my autographs. I think it's more personal for me that way. Uh-huh. And it was $50 for the autograph, uh-huh. except for me. It was 60 uh-huh. If you had got one of the 8x10 photos of the glossies that were on his table, it was a $50 price. Mm-hmm. If it was any other item, you know, high-quality item, quote-unquote, which made me feel good until I had to pay the extra 10 bucks, <laughs> yeah, it was more. And I've noticed that's actually a trend now. No. Uh, Matt Smith was going to do this at Austin Con. Really? It was, uh, Karen Gillen, same thing. It was a hundred dollars for Matt Smith's. We're going to be a hundred dollars for Matt Smith's autograph. He never actually showed. He mm-hmm. had filming schedule come up. Mm-hmm. But if you were getting something mm-hmm. else other than one of his photos, it was a hundred and fifty bucks for the wow. autograph. Fifty dollars more. <laughs> that is way too much. Yeah, that's. I nuts. don't care if he was the doctor. That yeah. that is uncalled for. Yeah, yeah way too <laughs> much. See, back in the day, it used to be it was twenty bucks if you got one of their photos signed. Ten bucks if you brought your own. Yeah. yeah. Now it's going the other way around because I guess they expect people to. Well, now they charge off. extra to have well, the taken with them. Yeah. Well, no. then there was that. Yeah, because you used to just do, be able to do that, lean yeah. over the table, take a picture with them. Then there was that Eddie McClintock <laughs> episode <laughs> a few years back. <laughs> and Eddie, I will send you a link to this. Well, I want you to hear it. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I don't know why you haven't uh, answered my Twitter uh, direct messages. <laughs> 
But that whole lean-out fiasco at the table that one time, uh, I, I want a real picture with you one day, okay? Uh, we, we get there, and I've already had Felicia Day sign, uh, take a picture with me. And, of course, her person that took the photo with us doesn't know how to focus the camera. So it's a blurry picture of me and Felicia. <laughs> so then I get over, uh, and I'm waiting on Eddie. Well, Eddie's that's, right. that's the glamour shot. It's the, oh, vas- is that what that is? the Vaseline on the lens. Oh, yeah. To make, yeah. Make you all glow. <laughs> so we're glowing. So I get over to Eddie's table and I look and he's got like a list of eight or nine different things. And there's the like the lean out, the lean in, and there was one for uh, like I can't remember exactly how much it was, but the lean out. I thought he would lean out over the table instead of coming around. And I'm one of these guys. I don't want to put you know a celebrity out, so I'll lean over the table with you. Well, no, he hops out. He goes, all right, come around. Let me hand the camera off to my uh, associate there. He comes around. Well, he takes time to photobomb one of Felicia's pictures. And then he comes around, and he puts his arm around my shoulder. We're ready on three. One, two. And he goes, okay, I'll lean out, okay? One, two. And he leans out of the photo. <laughs> so all I've got is about half of his his uh, shirt and, and me just grinning like I don't know what. And I'm like, Hey, you're not in the photo. <laughs> he says, "Yes, for the lean out." But I got a bro hug from him, so that was that was a slight consolation. But I can't put a bro hug up on the wall, can I? <laughs> yeah, at least I got yours. Here, didn't I? I got. I've got the picture. It's just him leaning out on it. I feel better now because I got two pictures with Paul McGann. One was slightly out of focus, so they said, "Okay, let's take another one. Make sure it looks good." So I've got a picture of me and the Eighth Doctor on my Facebook page now. I'm yeah. really proud of. And, that is uh, a nice picture. Yeah, well, it, I, this is a feel-good moment from that con. I, I will say this. The first day we were there, I had my autograph book with me. I was One autograph I was getting because a lot of people ended up having to cancel for other things. Mm-hmm. I get in line, and there's a girl dressed up as a silence. <laughs> the problem is that the mask is way too good, and she cannot see where she's going in this thing. Mm-hmm. So mom ends up having to guide her through the line because they won't open it up to walk directly to him. Yeah. We were the only two in line to see him. I don't know why they couldn't <laughs> have done this. So we get up there and all she wants to do is shake his hand. She doesn't have the money for the autograph or anything else. Now, as mm. you say, there is an upcharge for getting a picture with the man. Yeah. I said, oh, 20 bucks. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to get a picture with this guy. I'm not going to pass that up. Yeah. Well, especially because Froggy Photos is like, you know, 40, 50, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In any case... I looked at her, and I had money in my pocket, and I was like, do you want a picture with the doctor? And she's like, what? It's like, I'll I'll pay for it if you (laughs) want to get a picture with the man. Because she had her phone out and everything else, Mm. and I know she was texting somebody about this, so I handed the extra 20 bucks, and she got her photo with the eighth doctor. Mm. I felt like Superman at that point. I was really wish I was wearing my S-shield at that time. uh, (laughs) Yep. That's uh, that's, cool moments like that. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you, you always like to you like to see the people, you know. Again, and I get to do that with the comic book shop. You get to see people who maybe can't afford certain things. Yeah. But it helped out a little bit. I had um, grand opening. We were giving away uh, some of the X wings, and I had a kid who had lost his ticket earlier, and we we pulled his number, <laughs> but he couldn't show the ticket. And I said, I hate to do this, but I need to go ahead and draw another one. If you can find your ticket. Bring it back to me, and I'll get you something. He came up, and I didn't realize it when we did the drawing for the the X-Wing. 
I handed the ticket off, and he said, oh, man, I wanted that X-Wing. And I said, I looked down, I go, you found your ticket? He goes, yeah. So go get your next wing. We had an extra one. I said, "Go get you one." Ear to ear grin on the way out. <laughs> plus, it just became his favorite ship. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and uh, plus it meant another sale because that following Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, it turned out that was his aunt and his little cousin who had a birthday that week. He wanted the Godzilla. He figured if you're going to get Star Wars, I want the Godzilla. So <laughs> the aunt got to come back in and it, it, another sale. <laughs> But it's also well, seeing that kid with that big grin and everything. Oh, and that's building customer loyalty. I mean, yeah. you know they're going to come back to this yeah. shop now. And that's why I'm uh, going back to the whole community thing and also building that that uh, geek community uh, back with the stores. That's why I don't consider any of the other stores competition. They are a community. They are a network. I don't know how many people I've sent to the other stores. If it's something that I don't have, I can't get, uh, or it might be a little while and they don't want to wait. Uh, I'll send them off to, uh, you know, uh, Collected or Madness or Asylum or Awesome or Keith's or, or wherever. Um, because I would like to think that if it came down to it, they might mention me. You know, uh, hey, we don't have that. You can't get it for a while or whatever. Go check, you know, James over to Galaxy Called Dallas. And it's uh, about also with that, with the creators and stuff, I, I was kind of thinking it would be great if there was... I wish I had a directory of local artists and creators and writers and inkers and, and that kind of thing that I could go to and say, you know what, i got a weekend coming up that I would love to bring in somebody. And I could go and see who's local are going to be in town. Yeah. Um, of course, I know that uh, some people who have those directories, they kind of go, I'm not giving out that kind of information. But it would be nice if we could get past that whole competition thing and go, hey, I know you got some free time. Maybe you want to, you mm-hmm. know, check this out. Maybe this guy's going to be in town. Maybe you could put him up somewhere. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe we'll all get to that level one day where we're all kind of on that same page and everything. Well, that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the things I was really hoping for was that we could get some of those people in a shop like this because I really want to see more artists at the stores Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if you go to the lines at some of these cons you may never get to see them oh yeah (laughs) and plus you like the ability to to stop and actually talk to them for a little while too yeah Mm -hmm. i know that i had this problem with george perez and neil adams who were at one of the dallas (laughs) events they were there together Mm -hmm. i'm like oh wow this is really hard for me to you know compare to who i want to see more Mm -hmm. And I was actually saying, okay, I'm going to wait to go see them until later on. Maybe the lines will die down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I got into a line with what I thought was going to be Kevin Conroy. Turns out I was in the wrong line. They directed me the wrong way. I was in line for George Perez, who was an hour and a half wait. Yeah. Unfortunately, fate was also taking like an hour and a half at a time because he was drawing stuff and you know, signing books that were this high and stuff. That is also yeah, that. Well, and that's that's uncalled yeah. for for someone to like bring up a whole long box that's, and expect them to they sign it. it. And they and do it. I hate to say it, I would have to say, excuse me, how about let him just sign a couple and then you go back in the end of the line? Because to me, that is the rudest well, see, thing. I, I, I think if if it were me, which it never will be, but if it were me and there someone slapped a long box or something or a stack of them in front of me and like you know sign that, I'd just sign the box. There you go. Signed it. Well, and actually, yeah, it should be the artist that's saying that. It shouldn't mm-hmm. have to be anybody in line. No. But, you know, the artists are sitting there thinking, well, I'm going to be signing this stuff all day anyway, so what's the big deal? But, you know, it just, yeah. that kind of bothers me, too. That, Of course, 
you also think, who does this guy think he is to walk up to a table and do that stuff? Yeah. You know, I, I would love to be able to walk up and get things signed for the shop, but to me, I look at it as the cons are the places where I sell stuff. It's not where I go to, and I guess the, this may be what, you know, the, this may seal my fate as a businessman if I'm not willing to do that, but mm. if so, I feel like I'm still a better person for it because I'm not cutting into in front of the line of the guy who saved his money and paid his fee to get there and now is waiting in line to pay his money to get something that he really, really wants. Yeah, but looking at it this way, let's take what happened with Jay Wells today. He didn't go and harass her at a con for this. No. He had stuff, they're signed copies, I believe, mm-hmm. of her books in the store right now, but you did the transaction here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Where it's personal to you mm-hmm. and you don't have to bother, you know, 50 fanboys in line. And then those Joe Schmoes that want to bring in 250 and go, ah, back out. We'll see in the book. I'll leave the stuff that you bought inside the <laughs> store. See, the bonus of that is you had three fanboys that already had her books on the wish list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just knocked them up higher on the wish list. Yep. Because meeting her was a pleasure. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, that's why I like bringing in her, uh, our grand opening. We had Lee Martinez here, and uh, he, he did well. Uh, I love his work. And uh, I hope to have other uh, authors and artists in. Uh, hopefully we'll get Tom out here signing some of his stuff eventually. Um, but that's the big thing is we need to go back to us as comic book uh, store operators being the, the forefront of that and get those locals. In fact, not just uh, the big names already, but the up-and-coming names, the soon-to-bes. That's how mm-hmm. Comic-Con got started back in the day before the BBH took over. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, find those guys that are doing the comics out of their home or, you know, stuff like that. And it's just putting down word that that's what we're looking for. In fact, I guess I need to go out and run an ad. You know, it <laughs> says if you're a comic book artist, you have your own comic book, you're something you're publishing, you and a couple of friends, uh, or you've signed on with a smaller label that you can't get, you know, publishing through uh, any of the big publishers or something, but you want to get some notoriety, come talk to me. You know, We'll get, we'll get to look at your comic book. Is it something we could sell? Maybe not in store, but at least I can post you for a day. That kind of thing. <laughs> Support local talent. Yes. Yep. Uh, that was a firm uh, thing that I did when I was with uh, Borders. It was finding, uh, you know, Borders turned away all the local art, uh, local authors. And I think that's where they most of the bookstores went wrong. <laughs> because those people will eventually be your James Patterson's. They will eventually be the next author that's turning out three or four books a week. Not just them, but them and their other authors. Your next yeah. Jay Wells. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want that new Jay Wells book. You want the one she put out this week or last week? Yeah. You know? well, she's yeah, cranking more, them out every nine or twelve months. Well. She's got this many books. She's cranking out this fast without the help of the illustrator. That's yeah. right, James Patterson. Exactly. <laughs> so um, that's that's the big thing is you know getting out there and finding out where those locals are, getting them in here. I've talked to a uh, an artist. Slash sculptor, um, he's got, I can't remember his name, I want to say it's Dan, but he's got a thing going on at Half Price and Rowlett, uh, a showing, somewhere in mid-November, and as soon as he's done with that one, I want to get him in here and have him put up some of his stuff. Um, sort of, I want to put up a display case somewhere, and uh, just he does, I mean, he says he's done model art work like that uh, Battlestar Pegasus up there, um, so he's done a little bit of everything. And those are the kind of people that we need to start cultivating and showing to the community, and that will also help boost our sales, get some notoriety, helps them in the process, 
And eventually when they do hit it back big, they'll remember, hey, remember that little comic book shop that showed me some love, helped me when I was, you know, trying to, you know, up and coming? You know, that little shout out means so much more too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we should bring this to an end, guys. It's yep. it's been a pleasure having Big Dog and Troy back on the show for a change. Yeah. And having James and Thomas on was great. And I'd like to thank Jay Wells again for giving us such a great interview earlier in the show. But it was I'm wonderful meeting you. I'm not done yet. Oh, go I'm ahead. Done. Go right ahead. I asked this of Jay Wells, <laughs> and I asked this of you. It's the fluff question Ah, uh, yes, yes. And it being the <laughs> Halloween show, and I had a lot of stuff planned for Halloween, but this turned into far better than I thought. Um, what was your favorite candy in the bag from Halloween? And overhearing you from the first time, I already have an answer because it was that easy. Uh, it was the bit of honeys. Bit of honeys. I love those things. And if you go to Sonic or Jack in the Box, they have their salted caramel shakes. Mm-hmm. That is the closest thing I've had to a bit of honey in a long time. And can I ask you about yes. a question? <laughs> really? What is your favorite Halloween candy? You have a favorite candy? You can whisper it to me. <laughs> lollipops. She likes the lollipops. lollipops. Awesome. All right. She's liking our uh, Halloween comic book day uh, lollipops over there. So ah. yeah, I, I'm a I'm a uh, Tootsie Pop fan myself. <laughs> How many licks does it take to get the center of a Tootsie Pop? One. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be zero. You're not even looking at sucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm part Sharknado. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I guess we will talk to you next time. Have a good one. See you later.